of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, imploring him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us his forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made that in I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them, and I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto you, and in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Light dawns in the darkness, for they have a cry. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His Lord is exalted in honor. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Light dawns in the darkness, for they are upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have 
to God on high, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. We praise Thee, we bless Thee, we worship Thee. We glorify Thee, we give thanks to Thee for Thy great glory. O Lord God, heavenly King, God the Father, God Almighty, O Lord, the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, O Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, that takest away the sin of the world, have mercy upon us. Thou that takest away the sin of the world, receive our prayer. Thou that sittest at the right hand of God the Father, have mercy upon us. For the holy heart, holy, the lonely Graciously hear the prayers of your people that we who justly suffer the consequence of our sin may be mercifully delivered by your goodness to the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The scripture readings for this, the sixth Sunday after the Epiphany, the Old Testament reading from the fifth chapter of 2 Kings, verses 1 through 14. Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and in high favor, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. And now the Syrians, on one of their raids, had carried off a little girl from the land of Israel. And she worked in the, servant, the service of Naaman's wife. And she said to her mistress, Would that my lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria. He would cure him of his leprosy. And so Naaman went in, and he told his lord. And thus and so spoke the girl from the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Well, go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. And so he went, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, ten changes of clothing. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, When this letter reaches you, know that I have sent to you Naaman my servant, that you may cure him of his leprosy. And when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes. And he said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Only consider and see how he is seeking a quarrel with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, 
heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come now to me, that he may know that there is a prophet in Israel. And so Naaman came with his horses and chariots, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. But Naaman was angry and went away, saying, Behold, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. Are not Abana and Farfa the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? And so he turned and went away in a rage. But his servants came near and said to him, My father, it is a great word the prophet has spoken to you. Will you not do it? Has he actually said to you, Wash and be clean? And so he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Ascribe to the Lord the glory to his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. The epistle lesson from the 10th and 11th chapters of 1 Corinthians. So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God, just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of the many, that they may be saved. Be imitators of me, as I am of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. Hallelujah, let him come now to me, that he may know that there is a prophet in Israel. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Glory be to thee, A leper came to Jesus, imploring him, and kneeling said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and he began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in desolate places 
and people were coming to him from every quarter. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise be to thee, Christ. Confess with me our holy Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father, from the Lord Jesus Christ. With that Old Testament reading of Naaman's washing in mind, we consider today the Gospel reading, the 40th verse of the first chapter of Mark, where Mark writes, A leper came to Jesus, imploring him, saying to him, If you will, you can make me clean. So far our text. Dear friends in our Lord Jesus Christ, you've heard the phrase, Dead man walking. It's thought that the phrase originated with an early 20th century Thomas Hardy poem of the same name. But no matter its uncertain origin, it's certain that this particular phrase has over the years become traditional prison parlance in the United States as customarily it rings through the penitentiary corridors from a prison guard as a condemned prisoner is led onto death row. And the cry tolls out, dead man walking, dead man walking here. Well, it sounds a bit like the cry that customarily preceded the leper as he would walk where he would walk. Unclean, unclean was the cry. And as he went under the shroud of that cry, the leper was ever walking toward his death, ever walking in his death. One Alfred Edersheim, a biblical scholar, describes the typical scene of a leper passing by, and he writes this. He says, as the leper passed by, his clothes rent, his hair disheveled, and these, they were this way by Old Testament divine directive to, to signify a separation from God and his community. As the leper passed by, he writes, his clothes rent, his hair disheveled, and the lower part of his face with his lip covered. It was as one going to death, who reads his own burial service, he writes, while the mournful words, unclean, unclean, which he uttered, proclaimed that his was both living and mortal death. The condition was hopeless, but for an act of God. Graciously, God acted medicinally in the 1930s for the good of many when he bottled, so to speak, his healing power in the leprosy-combating agent Dapson. And with the advent of multiple drug therapy, what's called MTD in the 1980s, God then allowed this leprosy, this flesh-destroying disease, to be overcome, to be overrun by health and by healing. But you'll recall from last week's sermon that the symptoms, be they leprosy or a fever, as we heard last week, or deafness or blindness, or paralysis or cancer, or arthritis, or bursitis, or conjunctivitis, or dermatitis, gingivitis, hepatitis, pancreatitis, whatever. They're all just that. They're just symptoms, recall. Symptoms of the deeper, the graver, the far more eternally deadly condition, the sinful condition. Now, the interesting thing about the prominence of leprosy in today's readings, both the Old Testament reading and in the Gospel reading, is that this leprosy tends to illustrate so vividly. So vividly it tends to illustrate the deeper-seated problem. Consider these parallels between the sickness, the disease of sin, and that of leprosy. Like most diseases are ugly in their own ways, leprosy and sin too are, are especially ugly diseases. Especially Ugly, it's harsh, both. They're harsh for the eyes to look upon, even harsher for the one who suffers from the consequential fallout of the contracting this debilitating 
infection. The sinful condition, just like the leprous one, affects the hands and what one does with them, what one is able to do with them. It affects the feet, the eyes. Like leprosy, sin and its death eat away at one's body, slowly but surely consuming it. And when left untreated, it leaves its sufferer with a loss of feeling and sensation. It leaves him spiritually paralyzed, spiritually blind. Leprosy separates its host from the community of the whole and of the healthy, just as sin does from the health and the wholeness that are known only to those who know a nearness to God. The disease, be it leprosy or sin, is a respecter of no person. Infecting mighty men of valor, just like Naaman, as easily as unnamed and anonymous Galilean men who would implore Christ. You see how vividly the leprous condition mimics and parallels its mother, the sinful condition? Well, perhaps because the one so well mirrors the other, and perhaps because, as St. Paul says, of sin there is no difference, all have sinned, the mighty men of valor and the nameless alike, perhaps because of these reasons, perhaps that's why in our text we're given no name, if you noticed, of this man whom the Holy Spirit would have us know only as a leper. He's nameless. Matthew's account, interestingly, doesn't name him. Luke's account doesn't name him. Here in Mark's account, he's, he's given no name. Only it's written that a leper came to Jesus. But you know, when you think about it, what else is there to say about him? He's identified only by the condition that consumes him. He's a leper. And before God, what else is there to say about you or me but that he's a sinner? One who's unclean through and through. One who from birth, even from conception, says the psalmist, is by nature ever walking under the shroud of death, ever toward it, ever in it. What other title, think about it, what other title before God better identifies the naturally born you and the naturally born me? And does the title sinner. We can bring our talents of silver and gold like Naaman did. We can, and we do, don't we? We can bring those, those talents of silver like Naaman. We can bring our shekels of gold. We can bring our earthly titles of valor and distinction that are derived from our earthly victories and successes. But what are these to God who gave them to you? What are these to him who considers, Scripture says, even our best righteousnesses to be unclean and filthy rags? Scripture says there is no partiality with God. Luther famously said, beggars, all are we. And so God has confined, says Paul, all under sin so that all might be made clean by the will and by the blood of a gracious God. But often, though, that's what we do, isn't it? Often we're, we're so ready to offer our best in exchange for God's best, we, we're ready to barter with Him. We're inclined, so often we are, to, to come before God seeking that pronouncement of clean with our talents in hand, be they those talents of silver or gold, Zeal for the church, 
dedication to God's cause. Whatever it might be, whatever it is that we would think impress, would impress him. It's so tempting for us to come with these in hand, ready to extend the hand, not empty-handed, begging him, but extend the hand to shake on a deal. But as Christ said, go and learn what this means. God desires mercy, not sacrifice. That's to say he desires that you implore his mercy. Not that you trust in and lean on your own sacrifices or that we would on on ours. The good that we would think that we've done or or we would bring to the table. No, think back to the gospel text. Recall that with nothing in his hand but the disease that gripped him. Recall that it said that the leper came to Jesus imploring him. Knowing that he couldn't of himself strike some deal or bring something to the table, it said that, the, that this leper, this, this unnamed leper, identified by his condition, came to Jesus imploring him. Imploring, perikolon in the Greek, meaning beseeching or begging for aid and help. And it said on bended knee, he confessed only what spirit-given faith can confess. What only faith can speak, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Formed by the knowledge that I can't, and yet formed by the expectation that you, Jesus, you can, the anonymous leper blends his plea with that of all who have ever believed, seeking and imploring God's grace, as we say, that he'll be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful, leprous being. And then Mark writes that Jesus, moved with pity, acted. Here's a jewel, that phrase, moved with pity. I think it's one of the most precious phrases in all of Scripture. The Greek splagnitsomai means a gut-wrenching, a gut-turning compassion. As one is moved in the insides, the bowels, it means. Used only 12 times in the New Testament, each and every time, mind you, it's used of the Lord. And of his tender pity and compassion for us. Splagnitzomai, moved to compassion. It's what moved him to come and, and be with us here. And to come in the flesh. And so Mark writes, Splagnitzomai, moved to compassion in the guts. Splagnitzomai, Jesus stretched out his hand. And he touched the untouchable. And with a word he cleansed, he said, I will it. Be clean. And it was done. And so it is for us too. Lepers all. So it is for us. We come before him each week, none better than the other. Moved by the knowledge that he can cleanse us. And moved with the firm expectation that he will, we come as we are, sinful and unclean with the thoughts and the words and the deeds, the things done and left undone to prove it. We come with nothing in hand but the condition that grips us. And we beseech him of his boundless mercy, anticipating that he will once again stretch out his forgiving hand, knowing 
that once he willed to stretch out his nail-pierced hands on the cross for us. And we confess, Lord, if you're willing, Lord, remake me to be clean. And then we wait his reply. But we don't wait long. Because forgiving splugnitso, my forgiving, God-wrenching compassion never delays. And so with a word he returns his, I will it, be clean. And his messenger announces to you, you are forgiven. And immediately, immediately your leprous wrongs, as many and as deep as they've been, they leave you. And they're gone. And note this too, and, and note it well, and know it well. That his answer to a beggar's plea is always I will. Always. For Christ himself said, the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. But note this also well. His I will, his be clean, is going to come to you through appointed means. Means that aren't entirely impressive to the uninstructed and the untrained eye. Like Naaman, you might come with your leprosy and stand here at his door and be disappointed because he expected to see more. Naaman was. Remember in the Old Testament reading? You might expect, you might expect, just like he might have expected, rather he did expect a messenger, more than a messenger, I should say, to come out. Remember what Naaman said in the Old Testament reading? He said, surely, I thought that surely he would come out, the prophet of God, but no, he sent his messenger out. Perhaps you'd be disappointed in the wow factor of it all, thinking that God would, would cleanse your leprosy with a bit more dramatics than with a simple spoken word or a, or a simple baptismal bath and washing. Naaman was disappointed with the wow factor, remember? He said, well, I thought surely he would come out and call on the name of the Lord his God and, and wave his hand over the place. You see, Naaman expected dramatics. He expected more of a, of a wow factor in the things by which God works. Faith healing is what he expected. Unintelligible Tongue-speaking, snake-handling, shaking, and quaking. You see, Naaman's off-the-mark expectations and how God works, they're still with us today, commonly still with us today. And so, too, is Nathan's challenging question, will the dirty, muddy Jordan River waters are not the waters of the Abana and the Farpar better? You see what he's asking? Are not the more impressive, the more emotion-enhancing, the more dramatic waters better? No. No is the answer. No, they're not, because God has not joined his promise to them. They're not God-appointed. They're not sacramental. Don't be Naamanic. Don't be like Naaman in that respect. Don't expect God in any place that God has not promised you in his word to be. They, they may not look like much. The waters in, in the baptismal font, but neither did the Jordan River waters look like much, did they? And yet because the Lord commingled his word with those underwhelming 
In those unimpressive, dirty waters, they contain for Naaman the leprosy, cleansing water of life, the tide of life. And do you know in his small catechism, in speaking of your baptism, Martin Luther asked this question, well, how can water do such great things? And then he answers it this way. He says, certainly not just the water, but the word of God in and with the water does these things. Along with faith, he says, which trusts this word of God in the water. And that was true for Naaman too, wasn't it? Though not at first, eventually he was brought to believe that these waters could do something for him. And so we see him washing. But then Luther goes on to say this, For without God's word, the water is plain water and no baptism. But with the word of God, it is a baptism. That is a life-giving water, rich in grace, Luther says, and a washing of rebirth and, and renewal. Regeneration in the Holy Spirit. You see, Naaman's waters still flow. And I tell you plainly and frankly what, what happens here at this font and at God font, God's fonts everywhere is more impressive than what happened to Naaman's skin or the, that of the unnamed leper. What happens at the baptismal font is eternal. A sinner is brought and is washed with the promise, be cleansed. And in baptism connected to the cross of Christ, it's done. A sinner, defined by his condition, is washed in the promise, be mine. And is forevermore defined then not by his sinful condition. But now by the life that he shares with him who risen from the dead can no longer die. A natural outcast to God is washed in the promise, be robed. And immediately he's donned with the festal wedding garment of Christ's righteousnesses. His righteousness is brilliantly clean enough to stand the intensity of the high priest's inspection on earth's last day. A sinner is washed at that font in the promise, be assured. And he can be ever more assured that no matter how far from the father's house and home he's ever strayed on his prodigal way, that the ring of inheritance and the feast of rejoicing will always always belong to the returning son. Dear leper, dear sinner, baptism now saves you. So scripture says. It's Christ who works in baptism. It is the leper's laver. You remember the laver? That ceremonial appointment that stood in the tabernacle between the courtyard and the, rather in the courtyard of the tabernacle between the, the altar and the, and the actual door to the tabernacle. It was a copper bronze basin when filled to capacity holding over 240 gallons of water with the water in it weighing more than half a ton. But recall what that laver did. It contained the water with which the, priest would rit the, the priests that would there enter would ritually cleanse themselves. Cleanse themselves, Scripture says, lest they die. It was intended to make holy and clean those who would serve and those who would live in the presence and in the nearness of a holy God. By his own design, Christ put that laver there, that basin, 
And by his own design and by his will, he put this basin right here for us. He put this baptismal basin here so that lepers all can still be washed in his blood and by his word be clean. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
we pray. O God of all grace, be merciful unto your church throughout the world. Grant her faithful pastors who preach Christ and him crucified and administer your sacraments to your faithful sons and daughters who made clean by baptismal waters, long to hear your word and desire to imitate your apostles in doing all things to your glory. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Where she is in error, reform your church, and where she makes the bold confession of the faith rightly, grant her, O Lord, the courage of her convictions. To that end, bless the work of our synod and its seminaries and missionaries, that your law and gospel may be rightly divided and truthfully taught and confessed throughout the world, that the unclean may be made clean through the cleansing work of Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Lord God, behold in mercy all who are in authority over us, our president and vice president and Congress and courts and those who make and enforce laws in our state and communities. May the decisions they make be in accord with your will that we may be a people who live in peace and security. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. You, O Lord, have created us to work in your creation and through our various vocations in this world, you bless us and make us to be blessings unto others. Receive the thanks of those who are employed and hear the prayers of those seeking employment. Through our work, provide us with all that we need to sustain our body and life. And for those too young, too ill, too old to do so, provide them with all that is needed through the care and the compassion of others. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. In your mercy, O Lord, remember the families of this congregation and those of your church throughout the world. Protect the estate of marriage among us and hear the thanks offered by those who celebrate its anniversaries. Especially today, do we remember with thankfulness the anniversary of Aubrey and Phyllis Vickers as they celebrate their 22 years of marriage, Greg and Tina DeVries, Chris and Patricia Stainer and their 32 years of marriage. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Bless all parents and their children and protect youth from the luring temptations of the world. Give strength to the old. Give comfort to the timid and afraid. Bring home the scattered. Restore those who have erred to go with all who travel. Protect the widow. Shelter the fatherless. Be with those who mourn. Heal the sick and the chronically ill, especially Paul Duell, Martin Borgenhagen, Robert Latham, Hugh Ryan. Bless those hospitalized, especially Marjorie Fleming. Strengthen those recovering from surgery or undergoing tests or therapy. Carol Small, Lois Pearson, John Harapat, Maggie Schuster, and Cecilia, the daughter of Eleanor Blondino and other members of Eleanor's family. Deliver, O Lord, all of your people who call upon you in the day of their trouble. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. And bless, O Holy Father, all who this day partake of the sacrament you here serve your people so that no one may, through unbelief or impenitence or casual indifference, receive this holy gift to their harm. Rather, grant us all that faith which sees it as the divine gift of the very body and blood of your Son, our Lord, which is the life of the world. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We praise and thank you, O Lord, for all of those who, having confessed Christ before us, died in the faith. And we pray that you would grant us your grace 
that we may boldly confess Christ in our day. Until that day when you call us unto yourself, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we then commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, for what had been hidden from before the foundation of the world you have made known to the nations in your Son. In him, being found in the substance of our mortal nature, you have manifested the fullness of your glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, O oh, Holy, O oh, Holy, Holy Lord God, on Son of Abimah, heaven and earth are full of thy glory, O Son of Oh, Christ, the Lamb of God. 
servant, depart in peace, according to thy word. For my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. O love, I to love, I tell the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people is by now. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As if it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. pray. O God the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in the sacrament. We ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you.